0: In this week's episode...
1: Yeah, I was around 82, I think, on the that week to cut, okay? So by reducing my carbs and sodium, I, I nearly lose 3-4 kilos naturally. I'm holding on to less water. So by the Friday, I believe, I've lost 4.5 kilos. And now, like, you know, I'm really, like, my face is looking quite thin and all, like...
0: But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone Podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Hello and welcome back to the Insalone Podcast. I hope you are well. I hope the week is treating you well. And today we have a repeat guest who is an absolute gent, but an absolute beast, to say the very least. So today I'm speaking with Connor McCarthy, who is a mixed martial arts fighter from Dublin in Ireland who is now the senior Irish welterweight champion of the sport. And I say sport, and that will be even more relevant when you listen to the conversation. Connor was also diagnosed with type 1 diabetes quite recently in the grand scheme of things in 2021, which to me really make Connor's continued achievements that much more impressive because to do what he does in general, that's my insulin alarm going off, good timing, to do what Connor does in general is impressive, but to do it with type 1 diabetes is even more impressive. And obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you likely live with diabetes yourself, or you are related to somebody who lives with diabetes in some capacity. And you understand the complexity of the condition. So, Connor is just a beast, as I said. In this episode, Connor speaks about how he got into fighting. He speaks about how he manages his blood sugar during training sessions, during fights, how he combats and navigates his way through those big adrenaline spikes with blood sugar that you would also expect and anticipate when you're fighting somebody in a cage. He goes through how he dramatically cuts weight for fights, why he competes in mixed martial arts, and essentially what it takes to be the best at what you do. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. You are going to enjoy it too. And if you are interested, I've also added Connor's link to his live fight this Sunday, which is Sunday, the 24th of September, in the description if you want to see him in action. I'm going to stop talking, enjoy this conversation, and we'll speak to you soon. Okay, Connor, we've just hit record. And as yeah. I said, the, me, well, for anybody who obviously doesn't know, me and Connor have just been speaking for 20-ish minutes and I, I've been standing here thinking, this is gold for the podcast. So I should, I should probably press record before Connor is repeating himself with everything <laughs> that he's saying. But in short, Connor, you have been on this podcast before, and the first time you were on, you essentially were pretty much newly diagnosed. You had only two amateur fights at that time, but now two years on, you've 10 plus fights, and you're obviously more in-depth in terms of your experience with, with diabetes, but how has life been since the last episode and the last time we spoke?
1: Yeah, brilliant, Don. And lots of kind of milestones and achievements I've hit since then. And like you said, I've had a wealth of experience competing in mixed martial arts. And um, I've nearly completed my degree; I've one year left till I graduate. Um so, yeah, no, everything's going well since we last talked.
0: Like when I think back to when we spoke, and one of the things that was on my mind, Connor, was like because you were newly diagnosed. I as another diabetic was thinking, how is this gonna impact his fighting? How is this gonna impact his training? Like will it at all? But since then you've won titles. You're now, I think, is it the senior welterweight champion in Ireland? So yeah, I am indeed, yeah, for yeah, this year. So it hasn't obviously had an impact on your fighting. Um, so how does that feel? How does it feel to be the Irish champion now after all this time?
1: Oh, uh, it's it's unreal. Yeah, no. It was really nice. Um, Yeah, it was really nice to just say, like, because this probably will be my last year as an amateur in MA. So it was nice to kind of walk away with the senior title. So, yeah, it feels brilliant You know. I'm kind of delighted and proud of everything I've achieved over the space of two and a half years um, since I became diabetic as well. So, Mm -hmm. no, absolutely delighted how things are going so far. And um, only bigger plans going forward as well. Like, expect the same kind of crack continuing.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. For anybody, Connor, who who is listening to this, who may not have yet listened to the first episode, who doesn't really know anything about martial arts or MMA, like what is MMA? How would you describe it to somebody?
1: So mixed martial arts is basically the combination of all combat sports in one real set effectively. So it kind of where it came from was like there's been like this discussion what is the most effective combat sports? Is it boxing? Is it wrestling, Jiu-Jitsu, Karate, all these kind of so when MMA first developed, they kinda there wasn't much rules. You're in a cage and you could have a guy from a karate background taking on a wrestler. And you know who's gonna win? Who like there's no time limits, very minimal rules to what you couldn't do. And since then it's developed into its own sport. Where um, yeah it's kinda like just the combination of kickboxing, wrestling Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is a grappling martial art, all those, uh, kind of put together. And, um, in amateur, like there's different rules sets between amateur and pro one difference is like for amateur, I can't knee someone to the head. I can just go to body or legs or wherever that, And um, I can't throw an elbow. That's only a professional rule. and in pro the gloves are slightly smaller. They're four ounce compared to, we compete with six ounce. Which is still small enough, though. To be fair, like I mean, it's just to kind of cover your knuckles. <laughs> your hands are free, obviously, to grapple. You can, it's not like a boxing glove. Uh, you, you need to kind of join your hands, and you know all like grappling involves like the use of your hands. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of my description of what as suppose mixed martial arts is.
0: What I always, what I find fascinating too, Connor, is the fact that like you're obviously such a, a nice person and you're so like <laughs> calm and well-spoken yet I've seen videos of you fighting and training and in a cage with somebody and you're literally like punching somebody until essentially they're knocked out. You're kicking somebody <laughs> kicking somebody in the head. Like how, yeah. how how do you find that balance between like I know obviously you don't need to be a mean person to be a fighter but yeah, yeah. you obviously have that party that's like just ready to kill essentially. So how do you find that balance that, between that
1: dog me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. The the balance between like the, the nice calm Connor and then the Connor, when you're in a cage where like essentially you are going to try and kill the person until you're stopped in doing so.
1: Um yeah, so even just to start off, I think there's a lot of people in mixed martial arts like me, you know, you'd be surprised most people are decent, very decent individuals. Um, especially you have to, it takes a certain type of person to do this sport, like you have to be highly like disciplined, yeah, um you have to have a good diet, you know, you have to make sacrifices. So I think, you know, most people are pretty decent in the sport. Um how yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, I love fine, like I get such an excitement from doing it. Um it's just something I love. And like, I go into a different place, you know, like I say, if we're talking now, it's 30 minutes before I walk to the cage. Yeah. I'm not, th- I'm a different type of person. You know, my tone, like my thoughts are different. I'm, I'm very serious. I'm like, you know, I'm just relaxed two weeks out from a fight, you know, it's the same as usual. But that week, my mindset's getting like toned to prepare what I go in, like to prepare for the fight. And I think fighting is such a mental, mental part is such a big, it's, it's such a big part of fighting and um yeah i don't know I'm like i'm even inspiring of you know he's the type of guy to show tr- you a job boxing the face but like sorry was that too hard like you know mid-trained <laughs> like i've never been coach giving out to me before Stop saying sorry to mid <laughs> like um whatever but it's completely different once you're in that cage it's just you're zoned in you're dialed in and you know there's only one goal the goal is to win it's like kill or be killed, mm. essentially. Like. Um, yeah so <laughs> I think I hope that answers your question.
0: It does absolutely. And I think MMA is one of those sports where I almost get the impression it's misunderstood a lot in terms of yeah. people people have an impression of MMA fighters and why they do it and and like all it takes is to go into a cage and get angry and fight somebody but like it that couldn't be any further from the truth. As you say, like there's an Absolutely. immense, yeah. immense level of discipline with obviously physical training, mental training, rest, all over, like all recovery, met the like even the diabetic aspects for you, and also like the nutrition, yeah, yeah, the nutrition yeah. and everything that goes into it. And that kind of leads me into what we had been speaking about prior to press and record and something that. I wasn't even aware of but obviously shocked me is the fact that in Ireland MMA isn't considered a sport or isn't recognised as a sport so can you tell me a bit more about that
1: so basically Sport Ireland it's kind of the governing body which um, covers all sports in Ireland doesn't see MMA as a sport I think there's a certain criteria you have to have to be considered a sport but like we saw we currently have that now. We have national championships. We have uh, regular events in Ireland as well. Um, just to talk about it. We are the golden standard of medicals for MMA. Like a lot of other countries base their procedures off of us. Um, we have a safe MMA, which is the regular in body just for medicals. Like you have to go through a pretty rigorous set of medicals before you step into a cage in the south of Ireland. Um, yeah, so like just what we've basically gone back to the sport Ireland, they just don't see it as a sport. And maybe there's a few reasons for that. And um, I'm not too, quite too sure what exactly it is. Like we, I was talking to Owen, I've been part of trips with Ireland and it's all self funded by us. Like we don't receive any funding um, from universities or anything like that, or even the government to go, like I've been to the Europeans and um, I've been to a super cup, which is another kind of form of a international competition. Receive nothing from the state. So
0: being somebody so involved in the sport and obviously like the, the top level in Ireland and probably the UK, um, what are your thoughts on it? Like, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's not recognized?
1: I think it's very annoying, um, when you're representing your country, like you know, we're kidding out in our national gear and all, and you know, our country doesn't even see this as sport, it is annoying, um, mm. I. You can see partially why, like you know, I, I think it's a bit of ignorance as well on their side. Like, it's, I believe that if they understood the sport more, they probably um, would consider it. Like, as from the outside, you know, it probably doesn't look the best. Like, you know, um, like it is. it is a case of violent sport, um, but I think there's so much more to the sport, like than when it's perceived just as violence. Like the, like I said, even the individuals in it, that they're probably the most dedicated athletes. There is, and like it is annoying. It's an extra stress for us. And um, if we earn our spot to represent Ireland, you know, it's you have to go through stages of funding now. Where like I've been lucky enough, um, I've a really good sponsor, Kieran uh, Mousley from Acrylic on Ireland, who kind of covered all my European Games camp and the funding to go over to Italy and represent Ireland. Uh, so I was quite lucky in that sense, but. You know, there's people on the team who are, you know, working and trying to fund their own travels over. So uh, it is annoying at that sense, you know, like it's kind of like even I was in the Super Cup in Bahrain in uh, last March. Um, We won. We came home with second place and we actually secured 75,000 prize money for Ireland for, for it to be reinvested in the sport. And we said, no, the government didn't even like acknowledge us. Like there is nothing wrote up. Uh, I got maybe one article about me from the Clare paper. <laughs> that was about it. Like there's, you're not really considered to be, I don't know, you're representing Ireland, but it doesn't feel like you're representing Ireland.
0: That must be kind of discouraging for you in a way, is it? In terms of like, I have put um, and continue to put like years and years and years and years of work yeah. into this. I'm now representing my country and not really acknowledged in it.
1: Yeah, it is annoying, certainly, and um, it's a bit more so. I and mean, it's just like the effort. Like, okay, I can get a fight in Ireland or whatever, England somewhere, be grand. If I want to represent Ireland, I have to raise over like a grand, or you know, it's so it's nearly a discouragement to represent the country. If anything, hmm. um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for me. But yeah, it's it is it is a bit annoying. <laughs>
0: so how long do you feel it's going to be until this is potentially changed i presume this is like an active sort of yeah uh, change being being made or trying to be made
1: it is so that yeah so IMA, which is the governing body in ireland for mixed martial arts they're really pushing like they they have a lot of people and um, working behind the scenes for all the paperwork and all that crack and just up in northern ireland I think they recently, they like approved of the first step to getting recognized as a sport. So that's a really good sign. Like before, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even look at the papers or (laughs) now they're actually kind of starting to open an eye to MMA. And they've, I think they're step one out of, I don't know how much steps, but I've heard it's really good news and it's going in the right direction. So maybe off the top of my head, it could be one to five years until it's a a sport. Hmm. Considered a sport, sorry.
0: Well, I'd imagine people like you, Connor, are doing a lot of, Good work towards that, considering the fact of like how successful you are in it. How successful you will continue to be, and I'm guessing the more success that Ireland sees, the 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 harder yeah. it is to ignore. Essentially,
1: <laughs> yeah. I'd imagine, I'd hope. I'd hope so. I'd like to think so. Anyways. Hmm.
0: <laughs> so you said you're you're two weeks away from a fight right now, as we speak. Yeah. What has training looked like? for you leading up to this two weeks and what do the next two weeks say, look, look like for you?
1: Um, i say it's probably been the best camp I've ever done and um, a few reasons because I've actually had three weeks off so I finished my internship two and a half weeks ago and I was working full-time um, throughout summer. It's mandatory for my degree. You have six months um, experience in an engineering firm so I've just completed that. And I've had three weeks off now where it's just been full time training. You know, I'm hitting a minimum of twelve sessions a week. Um, wow. so it's like twice a day, some days, three days. Some days it's three sessions a day. And I'm feeling brilliant, moving brilliant. Um my whole summer I've stayed consistent training. Like I haven't fought in six months. There's been a few reasons, um, one or two reasons I couldn't get matched. They've had small injuries, nothing major, but it just kind of kept me out of getting a good camp together. But I've uh, been injury free, like, fit is probably best shape I've been in. So now, uh, it's been a brilliant camp so far. And um, what the next two weeks look like, I have another week of probably hard training. So it's Friday, today, I say next Saturday, that'll be all my sparring done. And um, I'll just be no contact. And it's just kind of getting the weight off me then for the fight. So I'm nearly, nearly there. Probably another week of hard work. And it's uh fight week's lovely. just relax. <laughs> okay. So
0: it's something you can look forward to at the end, that last kind of final week. So I'm thinking, Connor, unbelievable amount of training, unbelievable amount of focus mentally, unbelievable amount of focus and preparation with your nutrition, with your recovery, with your rest. But also you live with type 1 diabetes, right? which which yeah. is obviously a big factor, <laughs> as, as I'm sure anybody listening to this much like myself, understands yeah. it's a massive factor. How do you navigate your blood sugar around this level of training and this intensity right. with your training, where it it's not having an impact? Like, how do you navigate that? Because I'm fascinated personally, and I'm sure everybody listening is is interested. How do you stay at that elite level without blood sugar having an impact?
1: Okay, so um, I've got a few things, and it's like you said, it's just, just a time and experience nearly of knowing my own body. But um, a big one, I, my health and my diabetes is never better when I'm in camp. Like my blood sugars, uh, the best readings, because I'm – like you know yourself, the benefits of exercise. Like when I train hard in the morning, that sets my sugars up for the day, and then even train again at night, that's just a bonus. So I kind of have a rule. I wouldn't usually take insulin two hours within a training session. And so, for example, this morning I woke up, um, I trained at half 10, woke up at half 8, I a mix and a protein yogurt. I take, I'm on actually as small insulin as I could take, take one unit for that now, um, because anymore and I'm plummeting. Mm-hmm. And even at that, like, I need to be careful that I wouldn't drop off that. So, for example, yeah, I take my insulin two hours before training and I've ate my food. Depending on my sugars, if I probably will take maybe a, a shot of glucose, 15 grams of fast acting, or maybe even a, like one or two sweets just to top me up slightly. Um, and in that training, I actually, it depends what training I'm doing. And that's a really big factor as well. So I do mixed martial arts. So I do like striking, which would be bi- boxing, kickboxing, uh, grappling, which is wrestling, jiu jitsu, then cardio, and sh- like, and weights so for example I had grappling today my bloods don't drop that much in that I found so I could go into a session with bloods at 8 and train for an hour and I'd probably be at like 5 maybe even you know I I wouldn't have a dramatic drop but if I was doing a hard cardio session my bloods just plummet it's mental like I need to get them up to like maybe 12 13 and then I can have a steady hour you know that kind of way Uh, same with kickboxing I find kickboxing and boxing would tie in kind of with my cardio the only thing if i'm sparring and i'm starting to hard i get that adrenaline and sometimes my like, sugars will just shoot it up like and i've only detected that recently because i've always just went um, finger pricking without a cgm but over this summer i started trying to train with a cgm and i'm kind of having some success sometimes they're just popping off or you know when i'm grappling they just shoot off my arm um but like I've noticed when I'm kickboxing sparring that I can have like a real spike of adrenaline. So my blood just like spike naturally. So I don't really, I nearly go in with like sugars at six, like not too high. And they're going to spike naturally just from the adrenaline of sparring. Um, so yeah, just in a, like to wrap it up, it, it depends what martial art I'm training. And I kind of have approach, like weights doesn't really affect me. It could go up if anything. Like, I'm not worried about my bloods dropping. It's more so uh, kind of tough cardio sessions. I'd be quite wise that my bloods can drop. And you'll always see me on the side of SPG with the little glucose shots or sweets. You know, I don't go anywhere without them. Uh, yeah, so like, I actually, it doesn't affect me at all. Like, when I look at the way I used to train three years ago, three and a half years ago in back same crack, just a few procedures in place to, you know, It I feel like I'm a better athlete, way better athlete now than I was back then. And I don't, like, when people ask me how I get on with it and all, like, I think I even, like, don't even, like, acknowledge it sometimes, like, in training where they're, like, nearly, not, I don't know how to describe it. It's nearly, like, when they're, like, sympathy or, like, I don't want them to see me as anything less than my, like, training partner. I'm the exact same. Like, I just, I take a bit of sugar. That's it. Like, you know, you don't go easy on me. There's no no crack like that, you know? Um. So I, I really don't think it affects my training at all.
0: Mm. Have you had experiences like that where, people are obviously aware of the fact that you you have diabetes now and you were diagnosed relatively yeah, recently. yeah
1: everyone knows i'm diabetic my coaches and all and they'd be quite wise to it. like um yeah, sometimes i do have hypos and that i suppose that's one way it does affect my train if i have a hypo it happens very rarely because i take these precautions before training but look maybe one day i make a mistake and i take too much insulin or not enough sugar and i do have hypos and that's when it kind of kills me when I'm sitting out around, you know, I have to sit out. Everyone else is trained. I'm sitting there for 10 minutes. It's like, you <laughs> to get back in. But yeah, everyone knows I'm diabetic. Like, I'm quite open about it as well. If, on my Instagram, I've talked about it a few times. And, um, you know, it's cool. There's another I spoke about the first time I was on the podcast. I trained with another type 1 diabetic. And he's diabetic since he's seven. Like, and when I was in hospital, I didn't even know he was diabetic. It was nuts. Like, it was such a nice kind of relief to find out there's another diabetic fighter.
0: <laughs> hmm. 100%. I, and I actually remember the last time we spoke about it, I think that were the two of you grappling or, or sparring or something. And yeah. it just randomly came up that you both discovered yeah. that you were both
1: diabetic. <laughs> I was talking about my blood sugar and he was like, why, why are you talking about your blood sugar? I was like, oh, I'm diabetic, that's why I've been gone for three months. <laughs> and he was like, no way, I've been diabetic seven years or whatever. I was like, what? <laughs> gas, gas. Nuts.
0: So, when we look at then, Connor, the next two weeks for you, where you mentioned earlier, yeah. ultimately you have to drop weight in preparation to this fight. Like, how does that look in terms of your nutrition? How do you drop the weight? And, Do you have to change anything blood sugar wise with that? Because in my head, obviously you know a lot more than I do with these kinds of things. But in my head, I'm thinking, right, if I'm trying to drop weight, am I adjusting my food amount? Am I just am I adjusting my calories, or is it just water weight? Like, do I need to adjust insulin and navigate blood sugar in a different way? How does that look for you two weeks prior?
1: So two weeks prior. So build up to this camp, I've been in a calorie deficit. For the most part, I say this is my fourth week in a calorie deficit. Um, I've lost nearly three kilos naturally. So yeah, like I'm approaching it a bit different this time. Sometimes I I'd eat clean 90 90% of the time, but I'll be at maintenance like maintenance. I'm not in a surplus, I'm not in a deficit. So for this camp though, I'm trying to drop a lot more weight naturally rather than put it all in the week. But um for my last fight, which I weighed in the day before. So just before actually I go into this, I'll just do a brief explanation on the kind of how you weigh in for these com- competitions. If you're in the Republic of Ireland, you weigh in on the same day of your fight, and that is to discourage what I'm going to talk about now: yeah, weight cutting. Um, so <laughs> in the north or any like professional bouts, you weigh in the day before, like any boxing competitions are pro or anything like that. They're all, you always weigh in the day before. So the majority of my fights would be outside the Republic of Ireland there they tend to be up at uh, the north they have a lot more shows there and we weigh in roughly 36 hours before it's the morning um say so it's i'm fighting sunday night and weighing in saturday morning so for those cuts it's uh yeah it's quite extreme so and it's quite interesting because i actually go four days without taking insulin like one single injection for the last three fights oh. and yeah it's 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 surreal i think i've spoke to you about this before but uh, i'll go into it now so um, for my fight it was in february and this was the most kind of that i've cut. it's kind of like what the professionals would do i was on under one of those kind of plans so it was fight week i was weighing in at saturday like 11 o'clock and i started the cut effectively on wednesday so from wednesday i cut out all carbs and sodium so like and i've tested this before and um, where i've done it like a year ago or two and when i cut out carbs and sodium i'd be t- taking my Lantus, and I'd only be taking like one or two units. Say I take 10 units, it's like 10% of what I take and I'm still having a hypo off that. So even mm. one the smallest insulin I could, I'm still having a hypo, I'm still needing to have carbs which is impacting my plan, my weight code plan. Mm. So this time I spoke to my dietitian and nurse before because um, I, lo- I was like, you know, I'd work with them a lot and kind of formulate these plans of how I'm going to approach this. They all think I'm nuts by the way, but they work with me. not surprised so So, um basically yeah on the Wednesday cut out my carbs cut out my sodium didn't take any insulin and I woke up my bloods were nice they're like five I was like perfect okay I'm gonna approach this day so my diet for Wednesday Thursday Friday is like two chicken fillets and eight eggs that's all no salt no seasoning. and not nothing literally like just plain chicken fillets and uh, eggs so like there's We're, no carbs or no. Did sodium. you say two
0: or three days in a row? That's all you eat, with no carbs, with no yeah, sodium. Exactly. So essentially, the logic behind that exactly. is exactly to, to just like not hold on to any water at all by cutting out sodium, cutting out exactly carbohydrates. Okay. Oh, that's intense. Yeah.
1: So, oh, and I was, I was 82 kilos on the Wednesday morning. Or no, sorry, the Saturday. Yeah, I was around 82. I think on the, on the side that week to cut. Okay. So by reducing my carbs and sodium, I, I nearly lose three, four kilos. Naturally I'm holding on to less water. So by the Friday, I believe I've lost four and a half kilos. Um, and now like, you know, I'm really like my face is looking quite thin and all like, but so Friday's the extreme day. So cause I'm weighing in on the Saturday morning. I haven't had taken insulin in since Tuesday night. I haven't taken any insulin since Tuesday night. It's Friday morning. I have like four eggs and a chicken fillet and 500 milliliters of water. That's the only water I can have. And sorry to build up. I should have said this as well from the Wednesday, Thursday, and even maybe a few days before that, I'm like on eight liters of water. The idea is like the your system. You're going to toilet like every 30 seconds. So then on the Friday, when I cut back that water, it's weird. You're still, you're still going to toilet as much. You're obviously manipulating your body in some way. I'm not too sure of the science but. uh quite mad so i'd imagine it's like friday i've ate all my food i go to bed i go to bed and I'm, i wake up in the morning i'm still three kilos over i've already lost five kg this week and i'm three kilos over saturday morning i'm weighing in in three hours so now this is the fun part this is where you start sweating so i go to hot bath for 20 minutes then i hop out of hot bath go to towels for about 40 minutes so I'm wrapped up like a burrito, like, you know, someone's, I have someone with me the whole time. You wouldn't do the stuff on your own as well, because it's like a bit dangerous, obviously. So someone's tucked me in with a bur- like, you know, layers and layers and like two, three duvets, loads of towels. And I stay in the app for about 40 minutes. And, you know, then I dry myself off and check the weight in an hour. That's 20 minutes in the bath, 40 minutes in the I've lost about over two kilograms of weight doing that. So now I'm about one over. I take a second, sit down, feel sorry for myself and hop straight back into the bat and I do uh, 10 to 15 minutes of that. Then again, maybe another 10 to 15 minutes of the towels. The second rotation is always a lot less because I only have to cut another kilo. Then, you know, I dry myself, check, and I've lost lost three kilos in about an hour, hour 40 minutes of doing that. And I hop on the scales for whatever, 10 minutes. um, And, you know, a show that's not like whatever I'm on weight, then I just start hydrating. I have a liter of water nearly every hour. And then I, sl- I eat food. Like The thing is, I haven't ate food since... like I've fasted for 18 hours. And I, just, I do not even want to go near food at that stage. I haven't had a proper meal since Tuesday. All I want is water. It's mad like, until probably maybe two hours after I've weighed in. An hour after, i snack on something small. You slowly start building yourself back up. So I've made the mistake... Where I have literally weighed in, fasted, cut out all food for ages, and I started snacking. Like I had a Chinese one night, and oh my god, the next day, it, the day of the fight, like you still have to fight. And, oh, I was on the toilet the whole day, like completely had the runs. Like so, you can, you can really make a mess of it. So you have to really stay disciplined. You can eat what you want, but you you have to do it to a certain extent. <laughs> That is that's so that was a lot of information right there. <laughs> no,
0: love it, love it, love it. And perfectly articulated. And I think I'm sure whoever's listening right now is probably as I suppose lost for words as I am because that is insane. And I'm not surprised they try and <laughs> they try and avoid people doing that day off day off because it's obviously so intense. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: A couple of things come into my mind to to try and like unpack that a bit more obviously it perfectly outlines the the impact that reduction in carbohydrate reduction in sodium has on overall weight and i know this is like a bit of a side note but that's yeah. part of the reason why people are like oh if i want to lose weight if i want to lose body fat i cut out carbohydrate it's like yes you're going to lose weight but it doesn't necessarily mean you're losing body fat because you're just not Retaining yeah, exactly. as much water, you know, because you're not going to lose five, six, seven kg of body fat in a week. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, but, but anyway, oh, that's that's yeah, a bit of a side impossible. note for for people who are considering losing weight and losing body fat doesn't happen that quickly, right? That's that this is an intense, pre fight <laughs> way. What I'm thinking My here, Connor. always is, ask
1: me give them give them the secrets. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't do this. Well, what I'm thinking of, Connor is the fact that you have like a cage fight coming up at the end of this week, which is massively intense physically and mentally, but you're putting yourself through this, like, again, physical and mental test prior to it where you're obviously not feeling good physically. Like, how do you feel going through this sort of process physically?
1: Um, like I said earlier, I'm starting to get dialed into my fight. So um kind of have a different attitude, like all oh, my thoughts about this fight. I do a lot of visualization and you know that kind of crack, like thinking about the walkout, the fight, how it's gonna play out and all. And um, yeah, it's not like my parents not stay away from me, my friends and all, like they know, like I'm a bit more cranky, obviously, when I'm in this weight cut, like I actually after a fight I can't look at a chicken fillet or eggs like I actually can't <laughs> I'm so sick of them because I can't even add a bit of ketchup you know just plain chicken fillets it's the most bland like crap ever so <laughs> uh yeah you wouldn't be in the best mood but surprisingly like when you do it right like I'd, I wouldn't be too hungry until the Friday the Friday is the day you know I know in advance like that day's gonna be hell you know I try I got like puzzles to try to distract my mind or I play Xbox or do something just to try to keep me busy and that time take over because it is a pretty miserable day. I heard a fighter describe it. it's kind of like the day you just feel like you're dying. <laughs> it's actually kind of uh, you just feel weak. You don't you don't sleep well at all. It's like you know you just want to eat food or you want carbs. You want water. It's uh, yeah, it's not a great feeling. But the way I kind of started twisting it around is like this guy's making me do this, you know, it's my opponent has put me through this pain. (laughs) and I'm going to take it all out of him on whatever. And that on Sunday night, you know, Mm he is making me not like eat food. I'm the one I'm starving because of him. So I kind of like to manipulate it in that way. And it kind of, you know, lights the fire inside me.
0: Yeah, I like that. Flipping it around in your own head of like,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: He's causing this. He's causing this. So he deserves what's Mm -hmm. coming to him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Like I try to justify it. Like he's dirty, and I'm starving. (laughs) I can't wait to get my hands on him.
0: (laughs) I find it interesting because it's, it's almost like the complete opposite where Friday, as you said, it's like you feel as if you're close to death or you're dying. And then the day after, essentially you have to be like peak performance, physically, mentally, and emotionally because you're going into a cage. It's such a massive contrast between mm. just a 24-hour period.
1: It's it's 48 hours, because the Friday, um, I feel like crap because I'm weighing in on the Saturday morning. Then I have all of Saturday, then all of Sunday, nearly to recover. So from when you feel the worst, the Friday night, that's just the day before the weigh-in. There's still two days to the fight, gotcha. which makes it a bit better. You, under, you know that kind of way. Mm. But sorry, Slightly. what were you going to say? Uh, something about my...
0: So what I was going to say to you was you mentioned your parents obviously there just a couple of moments ago. How do they feel about you doing this? Like, how do they feel about you fighting yeah. and doing what you do?
1: Um Look, yeah, they support me, obviously. I'm sure they wish I played tennis or something like <laughs> that, to be fair. Um, my ma, yeah, she she finds it. I can see she wants to support me and she does. She's brilliant. They're all brilliant. Like, like can't thank them enough for the help and all. I wouldn't probably be able to compete at this level without them. But yeah, they, it's hard to watch for them. Uh, my mom never goes to a fight. She watches it the odd time on TV if someone's with her. But uh, yeah, my dad would be a bit more into it. He'd go to the fights. Um, Again, I say it's like hard... They always say it's hard to watch your son do that. And I think I've been competing now from boxing since I'm 14, 15. So it's kind of... You know, it's been a gradual process of um them accepting that their son's a fighter, I suppose. But even the weight cuts, that's one thing my mom hates. Like, before my last weigh-in because i do them at the house you do a video you, Um, so i cut my weight in the pad of my house and i do the video like you show there's kind of reels to show it's not rigged i showed it the scales is calibrated like i have today's newspaper i have a you know that there's certain ways mm-hmm. show i'm not like chance in the uh, scales or anything but yeah the first time my mom seen it the way in it like at home like she was hired for like not to say anything like she was like yo you know that like, she nearly like stop. like telling me to stop like <laughs> So for the that way, <laughs> that way, could uh, the one I was describing? I actually gave her a prep talk. I was like, "Look, I'm gonna look like I'm dying. Probably my face is gonna be tan. I'm gonna, you know, just please, like, you know, just soldier through for this. I'm gonna be fine." Um, and they're great. I must say, like, you know, <laughs> they uh, the first few times they find it really hard. They're like, "No, you shouldn't be doing this." But the last few times, yeah, no, they're brilliant. Those they on weight, uh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs>
0: mm. Yeah, I suppose that pep talk in advance probably does your mother the world a good. Mm. N- knowing that, look, this is <laughs> this is what you can expect. This is how I'm gonna look, but I'm fine. And this weekend, I'm gonna kill exactly. somebody in a cage, <laughs> basically.
1: Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah it must be notes for them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you you mentioned Connor, and I, I, you did speak about this briefly in the last episode that we did. But you're obviously big on like. Visualization, you're big on putting yourself through the fight mentally before going through the fight physically. What sort of preparation do you go through mentally, even just right now with this two weeks prior to the fight? Like, do you have structure to your mental preparation? What do you say to yourself? How do you frame like these thoughts and emotions that go through your head? How do you just get yourself in peak? mental performance. That was part one of this episode. If you are listening to this on the day of the release, part two will be out tomorrow. But if you're listening on any other day, part two is the next episode on our list.